This is the Wu Wei Wisdom Podcast, our weekly no-nonsense life lessons aimed to inspire you to master your emotional and spiritual health, achieve balance, harmony, and flow, and rediscover the authentic and awesome you. We're your hosts, David James Lees and Alexandra Lees. This week, we are talking all about feeling hopeless. We're going to be unraveling what causes that awful, sinking, desperate feeling and how we can sometimes make it even worse for ourselves. But the good news is you'll also learn the things you can do to stop feeling hopeless and start experiencing more positivity in your life. Okay, David, so what exactly is this feeling of hopelessness? Well, that's the first point, really. If this applies to you, are you talking about a feeling? Are you giving a name to a feeling? Or is this a belief? Do you believe it's hopeless? So a lot of my clients would come with, say, redundancy, and they'll say, oh, the whole thing's hopeless. You know, the career's hopeless. I've wasted my time or a breakup in a relationship. Oh, I'll never find another partner. This is hopeless. Are you talking about a thought or a belief? Or are you talking and giving a label to a feeling? Now, this is very important, perhaps more important than you consider, because many of my clients will be describing a physiological feeling. That kind of sinking, desperate feeling. That feeling where they're kind of, they'll say it's like, there's no way out of here, or I'm drowning, or it's not worth trying. And they're describing a feeling instead of going to what they think and they believe in it, assessing the situation correctly. I would imagine, though, David, that it's kind of a bit blurry. So they're having the thought that there's no way out, this is desperate, nothing's going to work, you know, I'll never meet anyone that I love as much as this person who's just left me. So they are all thoughts, but those thoughts are creating and are coupled with the physiological red light feelings, as we call them, the uncomfortable, painful physiological feelings, and that it's very difficult to separate the two out. But you've hit the nail on the head, Mm -hmm. because there's the problem. And what you're doing, you're combining the two in like a double whammy, and you're not separating your beliefs from your emotions. So that's why the teaching I saw in every video, I try and remind you, you are the creator of your emotions. And so if you're talking about an emotion of hopelessness, you have created that emotional feeling. And as Alex says, do not get them both confused because that creates what we call the maze of confusion. So separate the feeling and acknowledge the feeling I would prefer you to call it a red light feeling because that takes all the impact from it and say, I am now choosing to create a red light feeling. What am I choosing to create it about? Now, it might be that I've just been made redundant, Mm -hmm. but then you can focus on the issue. But if I say, right, I'm experiencing this feeling, I'm going to call hopelessness, but you're calling a red light feeling. I am creating this feeling because of the circumstances I find myself in, whether it's a financial problem, 
a health problem, a relationship problem, a career problem, and... You've just taken the first massive step back. Okay. Because now you're focusing on the problem. Yeah. And you've separated the feeling. Yeah. And that's the basis of the teaching. You haven't combined them together to make one big issue. You've separated the feeling. You say, I, I'm creating this red light feeling about, let's just choose one, my career. Now let's focus on the career. Let's look at the career. Let's look at what's happening or let's look at the relationship or let's look at that situation and keep all your focus on that. And this will make such a massive difference because you're moving away from being the victim of your emotions and you're being more proactive in looking and addressing the issue. But David, I'm still... I'm acknowledging I'm creating the emotions. And yes. as you say, they are a natural response yes. to the situation. Yes. And I'm not, if I'm creating the emotions, I'm not a victim of the emotions, but I am I am a victim of the situation. I feel like a victim See, of these but, situations. But you've gone back to feelings again. Yeah. So there is a situation there now. I can't see a way out. So you've got to look at the situation. So unless you're saying there's never a way out, there's always a way out. Think about it, Alex. Every situation that you personally have been yeah. in all through your life, and you've been made, mm. you've been made redundant. Yeah. Look at it. There's a way out. There's always a way out. But in but, that moment, we don't we don't see that, and that's what creates because we believe there's no way out. We believe that we've tried everything. And things are just against us. And there's no point in trying anymore. Exactly. But that's a thought. That's not a belief. Sorry, sorry that's a thought. That's not a feeling. Yeah, that's a When thought. you give it a feeling, yeah. it like okay. overwhelms you. It clouds your thinking. You can't see the wood for the trees is an old-fashioned mm. English saying. You're so immersed in the feelings, you can't separate and look at the situation. No matter how difficult this situation, and with my clients on the one-to-one -one session, I, do, I deal with horrific situation. I will guarantee you in 45 years, there is always a resolution, always, always a way out. This too will pass. Every situation always passes. So let's focus on the situation. Let's use all your skill, your sensitivity, your nouns, to find a way through this situation. Don't make it worse by bringing your emotions in. Okay, so I'm trying to separate my emotions out and keep the, them out of the equation. Yes. However, my thought processes, my beliefs, are still quite negative about the circumstances. And there's a part of my mind which has heard what you've just said, this too will pass, Nothing lasts forever. There is always a, a way out of situations, but there is a part of my mind which wants to just give up. Okay, so now we can address that part of the mind. Okay. Because that is what I would call the inner child. So what Alex has just described perfectly in her role play, we have that part of our mind that you may call your ego or your emotional mind, I call it the inner child. He's just doing exactly what Alex has said. Well, I might as well give up. Well, I might as well call it a day. Well, I might as well throw the towel in. Nothing ever works for me. Very motivated in this, what I call poor me 
the poor me syndrome. We're agreeing that this situation is really bad. We're agreeing that it wasn't of your something that you created, something or someone else created this situation. But this has landed on your doorstep. Now we've got to, first of all, deal with that part of the mind that I would call the inner child, find out why she is saying this will never work, when the evidence goes against that. But the inner child, so are you saying when we face adversity or things don't go our way and we have a tendency, some of us, to slip into this kind of hopelessness mindset, is it always the inner child that is at play here? It's almost like the inner child comes out to play because the inner child wants everything to go its way. Well, you you can't say always, mm-hmm. but I would say the majority of the times when I'm dealing with this word, and I will give uh, I, I will give you a word that covers this: expectations. Mm. When things don't go to your expectations in whatever area of your life, that's when the part of your mind will come out. And I always vision it like a six, seven, eight year old child crossing their hands and saying, "It's not fair. It's not." fair it's not it's hopeless I'm gonna I'm just gonna give up and it's like a child you know when the child rushes to their bedroom and slams the door it's that type of reaction your mind is doing so here's here's a situation I'm trying to get across to you remember we have the original problem that needs solving this is a real big issue or problem and then you're making it worse Mm. you're now bringing in emotions and we can stop the emotions but you're bringing in a filter, a way to look at it, that before we've even looked at it from where I would want to look at it, from Wu Wei, from the center, you're always looking, you're already looking at it from the negative point of view. Well, it's hopeless. These always happen to me. I'm digging a hole. I'm even deeper. The emotions are overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. Poor me. And so you're making the original situation double, treble, three times more more difficult instead of coming back, approaching it using all your skills, all your abilities, all your knowledge, all your know-how, everything that makes me believe you're awesome, you're throwing that out the window and coming at it as as a child. So I think what you're saying then, David, is that we are not denying that the situation we may find ourselves or you may find yourself in is really challenging, really, really difficult. Really difficult. And and it has to be dealt with and hot and you know, harsh. And I suppose if we allow our inner child mind, which really holds on to like a like a young child does, holds on to ideas of wanting things to be perfect, wanting things to go their way not wanting any unfairness or injustice because we live in a world that we can't control where there is unfairness and injustice, but our inner child will never accept that. If we, you're saying if we if we don't control our emotions, if we allow our emotions to cloud our thinking, and we also allow our inner child to control our rational analytical mind when we are facing these challenging situations then this makes a small red light feeling of hopelessness into a very strong amplified prolonged red light feeling of hopelessness and we are in effect 
incapacitating ourselves. We are holding ourselves back from being able to navigate through this challenging situation. And that's exactly what I'm saying, Alex, because what you just described there very well for a minute or two, it's all about you. You see, none of that was dealing with a problem. Yeah. So we have the initial problem and everything that Alex has just said, emotions and inner child thought and going around what we call the carousel of despair or creating the maze of confusion. Poor me, it's always me. Why does this? I'm going to have a strop. I'm going to stamp my foot. I'm going to create negative feelings. All of that is almost self-consuming. Mm. You're not dealing with the original problem. So if you have a look at the characteristics of the inner child, it tends to be negative, tends to be stubborn. It tends to look at the worst case scenarios. It tends to look at poor me. It tends to want themselves a victim. It tends to want to manipulate other people. It tends to look at things in a negative view. I want you to approach the problem from what I would call Shen or spirituality. And then if you look at the qualities of and the characteristics of your Shen, creativity, sensitivity, wanting to be determined, being authentic, being inspirational, having an inner knowledge, knowing that this hurdle that you're facing, no matter how big it is, you will get through it. You always have done. It's how you get through it, the style in which you deal with that, because adversity does not test you. Adversity reveals you. It reveals your true Shen. It reveals your true nature. It shows you that nothing can keep you down, that this Shen energy that you've got is awesome. And instead of going round and round on the hamster's wheel where the issue and the problem and the situation never gets resolved, it just is put on the back burner, you avoid it, you blame other people, you go into victim mode. If you approach it from the Wu Wei, in your flow, in your creativity, in your inspiration, you'll find ways through that situation that will frankly amaze you. You'll be amazed at your own power when you learn to drop your shoulders, take a breath, and look at the issue for what it is. It's just an issue in your life. No one can ever promise you a life where everything goes smooth, where everything goes the way you want it. This is the thinking of the inner child, wanting everything the way that it wants it. Then if it doesn't get it, stamps its foot, crosses his arms, and has a bit of a sulk or a strop or a temper tantrum. But none of those are dealing with the problem. I want you to dust yourself down and deal with the problem. You are not hopeless. You cannot be hopeless. It's an impossibility. Everything you've met in your life, you have and you will go through. It's the style in which you go through. I want you to flow through that in Wu Wei. I want you to be the best that you can be. Don't care what other people think. I want you to be connected with you and to be in your spirit of who you are. And so I've got I've got two questions really related to that, David. I'd really love to know more about. We've kind of 
on many, many of our teachings, we've talked about the qualities of the inner child and the inner child mindset and the inner child thought processes and strategies, and we've touched upon it here. I want to know what it, what is it like to be in that kind of Shen mindset or that Shen spiritual within our spiritual essence or being authentic rather than being led by the inner child in a situation where we are facing a real hardship or a real challenge, which may be prolonged. It may be a series of challenges or hardships. I mean, it's not just about thinking positive. It's not no. just switching from being negative to thinking no. stupidly positive about no. everything. No. So what what is it in, in these kind of examples where maybe ordinarily we may have switched to our inner child hopeless mindset? So whether it's when facing a redundancy or whether it's when we're facing another breakdown of a relationship that was dear to us. If our inner child mindset normally pushes us to the red light feelings of hopelessness, what would be our Shen perspective on those types of situations? What What's the kind of thoughts that would go through our mind if we were, if we were sitting and grounded to our Shen? So I think then you get an idea of the different characteristics between the inner child part of your mind and what I would call Shen. So the inner part, the inner child part of your mind will always be looking to blame others or for others to put it right for you. Looking externally. If it wasn't for them, this always happens to me. Victim mode or blaming other people. Looking for validation, looking for approval, looking for strokes, looking to get things the way that you want it. So that would be the inner child part of your mind. Can I just stop you there? Would you also say the inner child part of your mind, as well as blaming other people, doesn't it sometimes turn in on itself and doesn't it blame you as well? Oh, this, is, this is what I was just going to say. It goes on to what we call the emotional pendulum. Okay. So it either looks externally blaming other people or swinging the other way and then turning and blaming itself. So it's always looking to place blame. It's always looking to have this, what we call CCJ, criticizing, comparing, or being judgmental. So those are the characteristics of the inner child. And we've done so many videos on the inner child, and we're going to do a series on it to understand the characteristics of this part of your mind. Remember, it's your mind. It's your mind that was developed and maybe stuck when you were about six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So it's looking through the world through this childlike perception of right, wrong, good, bad. You see the pendulum again? Good, bad, evil, good, whatever, whatever, right, wrong, me, them. It's always looking to place blame, to be judgmental. So in the pendulum, it hates to be judgmental, hates other people to be judgmental but it's quite happy to be judgmental about yeah. them. So that's the characteristics of the inner child. Then you have the characteristics of your Shen that we are trying for you to be aware of, to see which one you want to connect to, to base yourself in or anchor yourself in. I think the characteristics of Shen I would describe, and I'd like you to think about this and think whether you would use these words or you may use different words, truth, 
honesty, integrity. So truth, what goes through your head and comes out of your mouth, you believe to be the truth. Not some extreme to believe to be the truth. Do you really believe you can't cope? Do you really believe you will never get over this situation? Do you really believe that? And here's the little test that we go through, just a little acid test or the touch base. If your physical child came to you and said, Mom, Dad, I've just been made redundant. Would you throw your hands up and say, well, that's it. Your life's finished. You, you won't be able to cope with that. You're hopeless. You might as well call it a day now. Of course you wouldn't. It'd be the last thing you do. Yet you do it to yourself as quick as that. And that's the second one. Honesty. Why would you not do it to your physical child? And yet you're quite easily to use it to yourself and use all the blocking words. But... Oh, yes, David, I know what you're saying, but however, however, this doesn't apply to me. Yes, it does apply to you. That's the honesty. If you believe it and you believe it the truth, then say it out. Be honest. Integrity. I think this is one of the most important things. Not hypocritical. Don't say something or betray something and then do something else. Don't have a dual belief system. Oh, well, of course I wouldn't say that to my child, David. That's almost, uh, it's almost like child abuse. Mm. But you say to your inner child, mm. isn't that the same? What's different? That's hypocrisy. Why are you making a difference? And what is the difference? And Alex, that's why I like, from all the terminologies, the ego and the emotional mind and the subconscious mind when people are trying to explain this human phenomena that we talk about in our videos. That's why I prefer at the moment this inner child because I think it gives you this good image that you can work on and I want you to think of yourself as you are the spiritual parent and that part of your mind is your spiritual child and it needs guidance, it needs help, it needs inspiration. It needs authenticity. But you know what it needs above all? Truth, honesty, and integrity. It needs to be listened to. How many times do you listen to that part of the mind and just ignore it, push it in the corner, don't, can't deal with it, and then call it, oh, poor me, we're just a victim, and let it take over? And this is where it goes wrong. And this is why this teaching is so important. So when we hit a problem or a setback or a series of problems or setbacks and our inner child gets triggered, we, rather than following the inner child self-talk and inner child internal dialogue without question, you know, this is hopeless, this is never going to get any better, it's all my fault. It's all their fault. It's just the world against me. I can't see any future with this. That's all the kind of inner child narrative. What you're saying is as soon as you start to hear that, we really need to put a stop to it and then start to have a dialogue with ourselves and our inner child questioning that Asking, is this the truth? Would I say this to a, my own physical child or, so, you know, or a child I, I loved? 
and do those those little tests, looking for the evidence. Are there are there really no positive options here? Am I or am I just clinging to the worst case scenario and fixating on that? And that's about kind of self-responsibility and internal accountability, really, isn't it? I'm saying something a little bit more profound than that, mm. Alex. I'm saying don't wait until these issues arise in your life. And that's why, again, we do the videos. If you recognize, you may not recognize exactly what I'm saying, but if you get the idea of what I'm saying, let's deal with this before the problems arise. So, let's deal with that negative part of your yeah. mind that we're calling the inner child. Today, I would suggest, as I do with my one-to-one -one clients, even if it's just 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day, sit down quietly with that part of the mind and start the parenting progress program, rather. Start to think about, listen to what it's saying to you. It will always be negative. We call it the inner voice, the inner chatter, mm -hmm. the 3 a.m. mind. And so when there's no real issues in your life, that's the time to sit down and do this process. I resist calling it the word work because I don't want to make it look as though it's something arduous. Actually, this is something very spiritual. This is something very fulfilling. It's like finding, I say many times in these videos, when I do the inner child work and the golden thread with my clients, and we go down and we find the inner child, I've never found a demon or a monster or an evil part of your mind, a dark side of you. What I have found is a scared little child huddled in a corner. Don't wait for a problem to arise before you go and do that process, that healing. Go down the golden thread. Do it now, today, tomorrow. Do it for the next few weeks. Use each one of our videos or our podcasts and, uh, and our meditations. If you look on our YouTube channel, I've got a couple of inner child meditations or find somebody else you like their voice, and do this for yourself. So when you do hit a problem, you are tuned up. You are trained. You, are, you have done your training, and so you address that problem from the Wu Wei, from the flow, from the central. You're not dragged to the one end of the pendulum. You can keep you and your that part of the mind we call in the inner child very focused, very together, to solve and to resolve the issue. That's what I want you to do. Remember, I am not saying you will not have problems. I'm saying the opposite. You will have problems. How do you solve it? I'm suggesting you solve it using your inspiration, your creativity, your determination, your authenticity, everything that makes you awesome. And then the problems become resolved much easier, much quicker. And then you'll see your life changing because you and the inner child, instead of being separate and fighting each other internally, you come together and you will be an unstoppable force. Mm, brilliant. Thank you, David. And we've done so many more teachings on uh, subjects that will help you with exactly this subject. So we've done teachings on the comparing, criticizing, and being judgmental, teachings on negative thinking and how to deal with that, teachings on that this too will pass, 
and worst case scenario thinking. And of course, we've done plenty of teachings on inner child reparenting techniques to help strengthen that kind of dialogue and communication that David is advocating that you do before you're presented with these challenging problems. So you put yourself in them, the kind of most strongest, empowered, most capable position possible when you will and will face adversity. I hope you have really benefited from this teaching. If you have, please do comment below and let us know what you think and maybe share it with someone else who you think would also enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Wu Wei Wisdom Life Lesson. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and please rate and review us to help us grow. If you'd like to work one-to-one with David, he supports clients all over the world every week via video call. You can learn more about David's consultations, plus our online events, offers, and gifts on our website, wuwaywisdom.com. You can also meet and share with us in our private Facebook group, on our YouTube channel, and on Instagram. Search for Wu Wei Wisdom and you'll find us. Until next time, stay happy, healthy, and in your flow.